If you're not willing to learn, no one can help you. If you are determined to learn, no one can stop you. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN, Dr. Kieran Dunstan, shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Lean in and get ready to experience the bountiful, blissful, and beautiful vitality that you deserve. to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Revolution podcast. So excited to be with you today. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're having a wonderful day. My guest today is going to shed light on a problem that we at Midlife often suffer with, and it remains undiagnosed by mainstream physicians for reasons that we're going to talk about, or you've been diagnosed with low thyroid and you still don't feel like yourself. What's up with that? That's what I'm going to talk with my guest, Dr. Amy Horneman, about. She is known as the thyroid fixer. She's on a mission to help thyroid patients recover around the world. After her own experience of insufferable symptoms, misdiagnoses, and improper treatment, Dr. Amy set out to help others on the same dead end medical roller coaster. You know what I'm talking about. So here is Dr. Amy Horneman. Welcome, Dr. Amy. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. We had a great conversation on your podcast. Yes. And tell everybody about that before we get started. Oh my gosh, that was so amazing. You brought to light so many points on hormones, on investing in yourself. I loved what you said about insurance and being for the employer and the employee and is not meant to make you optimal in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. So that was just amazing. It was one of my best podcasts ever. Well, yeah. And so tell them the name and where they can find it. So my podcast is the Thyroid Fixer Podcast and it is on all podcast platforms. Okay, awesome. I just wanted to make sure we got that in because it, it was super fun and you have some amazing guests and lots of learning. So we're going to talk today about why your thyroid labs lie, but I want to start by you have so, such a vast skill set and you really hone in on you know, the thyroid situation is an injustice and I'm going to help people fix this. How did you come to zero in on being the thyroid fixer? So like many of us, it's a pain to purpose story. It starts with our struggle. So if I rewind 20, 25 years ago, I was competing in bodybuilding fitness figure competitions. So for those of you who don't know what that is, in a nutshell, you have to do a strict diet. You are on a hardcore, clean eating plan. You're going to the gym once, twice a day. It is very, very structured, very regimented. So naturally, your body should be losing weight with that. We should be seeing the weight come off, the muscle stays on. Well, this one particular show that I was prepping for, and I had done many before that. I knew how my body was supposed to respond. I knew what I was supposed to do this one particular show, I started gaining weight instead of losing. Biologically, that shouldn't even be happening. But here I am gaining, gaining, gaining. Well, by the time I hit like 20 pounds plus, I just stopped weighing myself. I didn't even want to know anymore. And I had gone to six different doctors who all said, you're normal. 
eat less and exercise more, which blew my mind because I was already eating less and exercising to the absolute max, sometimes going to the gym twice a day. And they just said, you know what, you're fine. Come back in a year. We'll, we'll recheck you then. And I'm like, well, in a year, I'm going to be 100 pounds overweight. So that's not acceptable. The seventh doctor finally diagnosed me and put me on the standard Synthroid. So I was in what I like to call the Synthroid box for about five months. Didn't lose any weight. Went back to that doctor. Of course, I started doing the Dr. Google thing like we all do when there's something <laughs> wrong. I start looking, 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 and I'm like, you know, there's this thing called T3 that apparently works really well with T4, this Synthroid that you have me on. Can we try it? And she goes, no, I don't do it. I, I don't do that. I just do Synthroid. That's it. I go, well, <laughs> I'm going to find somebody who does. So I keep looking and I finally find a functional medicine practitioner. I think back then it was, you know, naturopathic, integrative. We didn't have the term functional rolling around, but he was a functional medicine practitioner. He looked at me as a human being, listened to my symptoms, spent time with me, did all of the labs, which we can get into, did all of the labs to get the full picture of my thyroid, of my health, of the underlying conditions that go along with thyroid disease and fixed me. I mean, just changed my life, right labs, right meds, right supplements, right lifestyle changes. And from that point on, I changed my career because I knew if I'm suffering with this, other people are too. It was horrible. I cried in my car. I was losing hair, no energy. It was horrible. It was just a horrible mm -hmm. experience. So then I dove into it and I went down the functional medicine path and never turned back, just specializing in thyroid and hormones because the thyroid runs the show. It runs your whole body. If that's not optimized, everything in your body is going to be thrown off. Your hormones will be thrown off. Your insulin will be thrown off. You're going to lose hair, the whole deal. So that's what led me here to helping other people. Awesome. So what were you focusing on before professionally? I'm just curious. I know everybody I wants to... Yeah, no, I was still doing nutrition. I was just, right. you know, the the basic nutrition. People would see me getting ready for a photo shoot for fitness modeling or a show. They'd be like, what are you doing? You look so good. What are you doing? So just basic, basic. nutrition okay. and more like the competition style nutrition. Right. And, you know, I love that, you know, it's out of necessity that you became an expert in this and now you help other people. That's how it works. My pain became my passion also. And I think it's really a testament to the fact that unfortunately the medical establishment is not serving people in this area. And that means that those of us who struggle and find answers, it's incumbent upon us to help others to thrive. So you said that you went to seven different doctors, nobody diagnosed you, you then found someone to do the right lab. So let's talk about that. Because there are a lot of people listening who say, well, I don't have a thyroid problem. My doctor checked my thyroid and told me it's quote unquote normal. Yes. So can you explain why that might be? But they have all the classic symptoms of low thyroid, right? They're constipated, their hair's falling out. They may have anxiety or depression. They're gaining weight. They have no energy, yeah. among other things. And they, so their doctor tells them it's normal. So what's going on with the labs, Amy? Right. So you walk into your doctor's office, you go down your list of symptoms, you know, you have five to seven minutes with them. So they write a script for you to get your TSH and your free T4 tested if you're lucky. 
Now, I'm sure you've talked about this on here. TSH is a pituitary hormone. It's not a thyroid hormone. It is not going to give us the full picture of whether or not you have a thyroid problem. We have to do thorough testing. So it's way more than those two tests. And like I said, you'll get a free T4 if you're lucky. T4 is a thyroid hormone, but it's the inactive thyroid hormone. It's one of those things like, yeah, we still check it to see if it's low, high, whatever it's doing, but that's your storage hormone. And many, many, many doctors will actually refuse to test free T3, reverse T3, or the thyroid antibodies even, which surprises me. Why not test everything to get the full picture of what's going on with your patient? They're in front of you complaining about symptoms. Why not do it all so you, as a doctor, can help your patient feel better because that's what it's about. So those three that I just talked about, free T3, that's your active thyroid hormone. T3 is your active thyroid hormone. Our cells, every single cell in your body has a receptor site on it for T3, but only T3, not T4. So if you just think about that alone, why would we test an inactive thyroid hormone, but not the active thyroid hormone? Why wouldn't we test the thyroid hormone that actually gets to the cell, that actually has, the cell has a receptor site on it for we want to know what that is, what that level is in a person's body. Then from there, we go to reverse T3. That's the anti-thyroid hormone. I always use the analogy of a bouncer at the club. That reverse T3 sitting outside the cell door, arms crossed, you know, big old dude, about 300 pounds, just saying, <laughs> saying all to, to all the little T3 guys, sorry, you can't get in. Sorry, dude, you're I not getting that. in. I love that analogy. <laughs> The reverse right? T3 is the bouncer at the club. The bouncer. It's not letting people in. There's a line out the door. You're not getting in. So the T3 can't get to where it wants to go. We have to test reverse T3 because if that's elevated, you can have all the pretty T3 that you want on your labs, but it's not getting into the cell. And that's why you're still suffering with weight gain, hair loss, fatigue, anxiety, so and so on, all the symptoms. Then from there, we test the TPO and TGA antibodies because we want to see if you have Hashimoto's. 95% of hypothyroidism is Hashimoto's. It's the autoimmune form where your body is attacking your thyroid. We want to know. And do you know, Karen, I have actually seen patients come in with one antibody test. I'm like, do they even know that there's two? <laughs> I mean, could you just write? I mean, you already wrote for one. It's not going to yeah. take any more of your time to write for a set. It's unbelievable the the limited amount of testing I see. And like I said in the beginning, why not test it all? Because you get to see the full picture of your patient's health. Right. So I know people are wondering, like, why? But the, we trust these doctors. They know everything. What Can you help them understand what's going on here? Why are they not getting all the tests. What, what's going on? I wish I had the, the, the answer for that. I can tell you a story though. Years and years ago, I gave a talk to a group of integrative wellness physicians and they brought me in to specifically talk about the thyroid. Now they were DO trained. So they had, you know, a little bit of a more open-minded way of thinking and they were in an integrative wellness group. And I'm talking about all the tests and I'm also talking about only prescribing Synthroid. And the one doctor raises his hand and goes, but that's all we've learned. And I'm like, well, thank you for being honest, but that's not good because you're not helping people. So you have to, if, if you didn't learn in med school that 
that T3 is the active thyroid hormone and we need to test for it. And these are the, the antibodies that we check for Hashimoto since it's so freaking common then maybe it's time to do a little bit more education outside of school because you guys are calling yourselves integrative doctors and you're not practicing that way. We got to expand. So that's the only answer I have is that is all they learned. Check TSH, T4, prescribed Synthroid. End of story. End of story. Right. And I will just affirm what you're saying. So in med school, we do learn all the beauty and complexity of the biochemistry of how the body works, physiology, anatomy, all of that. So we get the full picture, right? The thyroid is stimulated by the brain creating TSH and then the thyroid makes inactive thyroid hormone and there's a free fraction and a total fraction of T4 or thyroxin. And then it has to go to other organs to be converted to the active form T3 and there's a free and total and there is reverse T3. And we learn all that, right? So they take these bright, smart people and they teach them exactly how the body works. It's a beautiful thing. But then we go to residency, which is a whole other thing. So med school really is education of how the body works, but then residency is really indoctrination into the practice and business of medicine. And that's a whole other thing. Like we talked about on your podcast, it is geared towards what? What is the diagnosis, making the diagnosis that's in the ICD-10 code book, International Classification of Diseases, and what drug do I need to give? And then you're told we just do the standard TSH or thyroid profile and we give Synthroid. And the thing is that you only ask once after medical school, well, why don't we check all these other parameters of thyroid function? And you are basically told because that is how we do it. And I think that's seven words. And those seven words are the most corrosive, destructive words in medicine, because that's just how we do it. And then you want to be a good resident. So you stop making suggestions or asking questions, you stop thinking for yourself and you follow the protocols and you never question it again, despite the fact that these women are sitting in front of you with these obvious symptoms, you're like, but I follow the protocol. And when you get your board certification, they expect you, you better say you follow the protocol or you're not getting board certified. So exactly what that doctor said to you is because that is how I was taught is exactly right. So for everyone listening, that is why, because we are taught the beauty of how the body works. And then we're told, but follow these protocols because that's the business of medicine. So unfortunately, people listening are caught in between. So those are the right tests. And then what about when you get the results and you read them? Like I would get the results and and they would the lab would say it's normal. I had right. checked my thyroid at least 10 times. My doctor had checked it and it was normal. Talk about what that means. Yeah, big difference between normal and optimal. So normal is the side of a barn. I think Dr. Mark Hyman uses this analogy. Side of a barn analogy, right? You have those standard lab value ranges that are huge. They're taken from a sick population. They're not narrowing it down whatsoever to say, hey, you know what, this is where someone will feel their best. Yeah, they can fall out here, out here. If you stand back 50 yards and I give you a baseball, you can hit the side of a barn. 
that's the normal range. But the optimal range, the functional medicine optimal range is like putting a target on that bar. Now it gets a little bit harder to hit that target from that far away. But that target is the range where you are going to feel optimal. That's where you will feel your best. And that's where functional medicine or just functionally thinking practitioners have gone to to say, you know what, it's not okay just being normal because you're probably not going to feel that great. We want you optimal. So there's a huge difference. And, you know, doctors are only, and we talked about this a little bit, five to seven minutes with you with insurance, right? So do you think that they have the time to sit there and comb through your labs to see, okay, wait, well, okay, this one is is a little bit below optimal. And then we're going to tie it into, oh, look at that. The reverse T3 is elevated. Oh, and down here she has insulin resistance. But we're looking at that insulin from a functional lab value, not just what's on the standard lab value rate. No, they're looking for an H or an L. They're looking for it to be red or green. If it's red, if there's an H, if there's an L, maybe they will stop and actually look like, oh, wait, why, why does this person have an H next to it? It must be high. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, we'll prescribe them something for that. But they're not painting the whole picture, too. So there's normal versus optimal. And then there's taking the time to see what that picture paints with those optimal or not so optimal lab values that you're presenting to really know what's going on with you as a person and to know which direction we need to go to get you into that bullseye, into the optimal range. I love that example of the side of a barn versus a bullseye on the barn. I think that says it so clearly. And so the ranges are different. And this is why so many people are underdiagnosed because they don't have a what diagnosis, right? They don't have, they're not in that ICD-10 protocol that we were all taught, but you can still be low thyroid even though your labs are quote unquote normal, if they're not optimal. So there's a huge difference. And I know there's some people listening today who are thinking, well, first there's some people who are angry because they're like, that just shouldn't be. And they think, well, I just need to go find the right doctor to help me with this. And like you said, you were giving a talk to integrative doctors who should know better, but didn't. And so I love how you you say, if you're not willing to learn, no one can help you. If you're, if you are determined to learn, no one can stop you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, talk about that because I think it comes from, we really have been socialized to abdicate control of our health to the medical establishment. And most of us don't want to know, like, I don't want to know how to fix my car. I don't want to know how to change my oil. I just leave that to the auto mechanics. But that means that I sometimes become subject to them not knowing what they're doing. And I tend to take my car back several times because it still has the same problem because I don't know nothing about cars. Mm -hmm. So I actually, this past year, took it upon myself to learn something about cars. I figured out how to get that little monitor that you plug into your car that gives you the codes as to what's wrong. Cause I'm like, no, no longer can I abdicate control of my automobile care to the auto mechanic. I have to start taking matters into my own hand. I'm going to learn how to do this. And so it's really put me in a great position in terms of my car, but talk about that in terms of health. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love, I love that you took that next step. I did. <laughs> that is great. And it's probably saving you hundreds. Of, it's going to save you money in the long run. Right. No, right. right. 
Mm -hmm. So you had to spend the money on the little doohickey that goes into the car, but now it's going to save you money in the long run. Yes. Same thing with your health. So if you keep going back to conventional, I'm just going to say conventional medicine. It's not preventative medicine. It's, it's put a Band-Aid on you medicine. If you keep going back and crossing your fingers and wishing on a rainbow that maybe this doctor will have the answer to me for me, then you're wasting your time and you're wasting your money and you're wasting your copay. That's going to add up over time. I got to tell you, it's going to add up big time because you're going to get Band-Aid medications and you're going to be spending your copays on all these different doctors and you're still going to be left suffering with your symptoms without a direct answer, without a, a clear path as to here's what you need to do to get better. So yes, you have to A, be willing to learn. You have to be willing to learn about your own body. And when I work with patients, I really, my goal is to teach them the why. I want them to understand. I don't want to just say, here, you know what? We're going to change your thyroid med and we're going to put you on this stuff and we're going to do this over here and that over there. I want them to understand why we're doing it. It's because I want to see this number go into optimal and I want to see your insulin come down. And if that comes down, your body's going to be able to burn fat and burn the fat on your body. And then your, your neurochemistry is going to improve. And I want to connect all those dots and teach patients about their own body so that they can learn and be better advocates for themselves. So you know a little bit when you plug that thing into your car, you know, okay, X, Y, Z, this is what's going on with my vehicle. You may not know how to fix it, but you know how not to be screwed over when you do go to the mechanic <laughs> and they can't tell you that there's 10 other things Then here's your $5,000 bill. So you're going to save money in the long run by being educated as much as you can be and then taking the steps to get proper treatment for your car. Same as patients will get proper treatment for themselves without wasting time and money. Yeah. And so if you're not willing to learn the basics of actually what labs you need and the difference between normal versus optimal and get that information, nobody can help you because the medical establishment's not going to help you. Your health insurance is not going to help you. A $30 copay is not going to help you. But no. if you're determined to learn, you, you're listening to this and you hear us talking and you're like, damn it, that's not right. And I'm going to take matters into my own hand. I'm going to get the knowledge that I need. And I'm going to do something about this and empower myself. No one can stop you. And that's exactly. why I created the Hormone Balance Mastermind, because people are just floundering and they're looking like for Instagram, Dr. Instagram and Dr. Google to tell them. And they really needed guidance. And so that's why I, I created it. So what are some lifestyle factors that go into low thyroid function? Let's dive into that. Because I love that you say, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. Yeah. A lot of the lifestyle things, when people are like, oh, I think my thyroid's low. Okay, we've talked about diagnosis, why you've not been diagnosed properly. So check that. But now in terms of treating it, everybody just wants a pill and then they want to keep doing what they're doing. So what are the lifestyle factors that go into creating low thyroid? So if it's just 
low thyroid function. So we'll take Hashimoto's out of it for okay. a moment. Now we know that hypothyroidism, with hypothyroidism, 95% is Hashimoto's. It's the autoimmune form. But even with autoimmune, there are some lifestyle things that we can tie in for sure. Mm -hmm. So with a low functioning thyroid, you could have tanked your thyroid by doing the HCG diet years ago, 500 calories a day, starvation diets, over-exercising. So we can even, you know, I'm, I'm kind of stepping back into like the 80s and 90s here with the HCG and the, and the, you know, all the different fad diets, the, oh my gosh, the cabbage soup diet and everything where it was really, really low calorie. And we know that 900 calories or less, this is a, a study that looked at a group of women, 900 calories or less done for 30 days, that's just one month, 30 days is enough to tank your T3 level, the active thyroid hormone for up to six months. So you do a lot of damage in a short amount of time by doing crash diets, low calorie diets, fad diets. Then beyond that, we can kind of come you know, closer in the 2000, 2010, 2015, CrossFit. Love CrossFit. But if you do it six to seven days a week, you're probably going to go into an over-exercised state. You're going to spike your cortisol. You're going to tank your thyroid function because all of that is tied together. Blood sugar, cortisol, adrenals, thyroid function, all tied together. So over-exercising can tank a thyroid. And then we know that some medications and like radiation, chemotherapy, that can tank it. And then over on the Hashimoto side for autoimmune, we know. We know this, this is not a fad, this is not a gimmick. We know that gluten is an autoimmune attack mimicker, meaning when you eat gluten, it's called molecular mimicry. So your body literally thinks that, well, gluten looks very much like the thyroid gland, first of all. Whenever we eat gluten, we know with an autoimmune condition, our little soldiers that are really confused, we got these soldiers with autoimmune and they are confused and they go out and they beat up your thyroid on a daily basis because they think your thyroid is an invader, even though it's not. Well, you intake gluten, all your soldiers go, hey, an invader, we gotta go get this guy. So it goes out, it attacks the thyroid because it thinks, or attacks the gluten because it thinks it's your thyroid and then it moves over to your thyroid. So we know by eating gluten, you are spurring on an autoimmune attack, specifically with the thyroid, but of course we can expand it into like rheumatoid arthritis, Crohn's disease. Going gluten-free is not a fad. I say that all the time. Going gluten-free is not a fad. It actually will help calm down that autoimmune attack and reduce your antibodies. So that's one simple, I mean, it's so easy these days. If we rewind 20 years, no, we didn't have the gluten-free versions of everything in the grocery store. And you can absolutely use those gluten-free versions as a crutch in the beginning. I get it. It's not an easy transition in the very, very beginning when you're going gluten-free, but it's also not that hard because we do have those nice little crutches like gluten-free pasta and gluten-free bread. Now, eventually we want to move you out of the using the crutches and making some foods on your own. And then gluten-free is just easy. I mean, it's just one piece of the big puzzle. Another piece that I'd like to mention is stress because we all have it and we all don't do enough for it. So the simple act of deep breathing, I always tell people put a sticky note in your car and on the fridge. Every time you go to the fridge, you take two deep nasal belly breaths, those kind that they tell you to take in yoga class, right? Those really deep, get in that oxygen breath. You take two of those every time you open the fridge, you take two of those every time you get in the car, and that will cover you day in and day out 
month in, month out, year in, year out. And it will reduce your stress. It will reduce your cortisol. Yeah. So I hear you. What you're eating is a big part of it. So inflammatory foods like gluten and then stress. Let's talk about stress. Yeah. Because, you know, the research clearly shows that this is one of the largest contributors to chronic disease known. And yet in your regular doctor's office for a $30 copay, I want everyone listening to ask themselves, when's the last time your doctor talked to you about stress in your life? For most people, it's probably never. Right. And it's probably maybe the number one contributor, even greater than your diet to your life. And you are what you eat. So that means that this is huge. huge. So the breasts that you mentioned, I love that. I'm a huge proponent of resonance breathing practices and using HRV or heart rate variability to, to mm -hmm. track your autonomic nervous system function, which is a conversation for a whole nother podcast. But what are some other simple things that everybody listening right now can do to mitigate the effects of stress on their health? You know, if, if you would have asked me even three years ago about what I thought about meditation, my answer would be, I'm type A, I don't have time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, and then you give me science, right? Then you show me how the body responds when we actually take time to meditate. And you show me that, look, we can measure brain waves and they get better. We can measure cortisol and it goes back into its normal diurnal rhythm that it needs to be in. And we can actually see biochemical markers change when someone implements the practice of meditation. Now I'm bought in because now you showed me the science. Now it's just not like a new age foo-foo thing that I don't have time for. Now there's actual benefit that I can see on paper you know, there's so many apps these days for guided meditation. I get it if your mind is racing and you can't, and you're a type A driver and you can't sit there, you can't even imagine sitting there for five or 10 minutes and meditating. Get one of the apps out there. There's one simple habit. I know there's another one, I think Headspace. They do guided ones and you can pick if you're anxious that day, if you wanna just goal set, if you wanna meditate to, improve performance. I mean, there's five minute ones, there's 10 minute ones, there's 20 minute ones. Do what you can, but that practice can literally change your body chemistry. It can change your body chemistry and that's huge. And that's something that we can do. It costs nothing and you do it in the comfort of your own home. You don't even have to go anywhere to do it. And it's so simple, but I think as we get those simple answers are the hardest things for people to do because they do, they stop at the, they start at the top. They want a pill. <laughs> then maybe they want some supplements. Then they want, you know, an eating plan that they can follow and I get it and that helps. But now this down here is something that you actually have to do that no one can make you do that you're responsible for doing, but it doesn't take a lot of time and it's free. Well, that trips people up all the time. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it does. It's the simple things because it's really about how we live our lives. I was talking with my group in my program the other night and, you know, the HRV tells all it's, it's one of the most sensitive indicators of autonomic nervous system function. And, you know, she's been doing resonance breathing and checking her HRV for a few months now. And she says, it's not getting any better. Why isn't it getting any better? And I had to explain to her that her whole approach of getting her response of getting frustrated that the HRV wasn't getting better is the perfect example of why it's not getting better. 
<laughs> because you you are emotionally attached to these outcomes in your life. And that has to do with how we live our lives. Because if we're get, getting frustrated that our HRV isn't better, trust me, we're frustrated because there are 10 people in front of us at the grocery line. And we're frustrated because people don't do the things we want them to do the way we want them to do it. We're frustrated about all of that. And frustration equals autonomic nervous system dysfunction. And that is stress. And we really, it gets down to, we have to change our thoughts and the way we're living our lives. Do you find that you, when you work with people on this, how, how do you counsel them? Yeah, I actually, I have recently brought in a mindset coach that has a PhD in leadership and he just rocks it with people. I mean, it's such a key component of my entire program because mindset and subconscious beliefs and the way that you think about yourself and the way that you interpret the stress that you've been through, whether it's stress as a child growing up, stress that you're dealing with now, bad relationship, job that you hate, kid being sick, uh, spouse being sick, parents being sick. I mean, all of those things keep happening to us. We can't stop life from happening but it really is how you perceive it and how you deal with it. And if you allow those subconscious thoughts to permeate and to flow like a river beneath the surface, and you might not even know they're there, it might take working with a coach, a mindset coach, a professional to really get down and have you speak it out loud. If you don't know they're there, they're just running beneath the surface, but they're eroding the soil, they're eroding your health. And things, I mean, I've even had people come out and say, I really don't know if I can get better. I really, I don't really think I can get better. I've been to so many, I don't think I can get better. It's like, well, if you believe that deep down, you're probably not gonna get better. I don't think I can do this, it's too hard. I don't think I can do this, it's too hard. Then it's probably gonna be too hard because that's your subconscious belief. Right. So if we change that and we change the perception and we change those subconscious programming in people's minds, it can change the way their body actually responds to treatment. Right. Would you agree with this? That I've never seen a person who did all the things, as I like to say, all the things, right? Did the stress management, changed their life, changed what they're eating, did the supplements, did all the things, the right tests, who did not get better and heal. Right. It's only when people are like, yeah, well, I'm going to do this and they cherry pick. I'm not going to do that. Yep. Then they don't heal. Exactly. But if they do all the things, they get there, right? Yep. <laughs> yep. It's about wanting it, you know, and part of the mindset piece too is about finding out, do they really want it? Or is there something stopping them? Or is there, there a belief system in there that they're not even aware of that's stopping them? Because you have to want to, and when you want to, you do it. So what's an example of a belief system in there that's stopping them? One of them would be just kind of, like I said, if, if they, you know, people that come to us, they've already been to five, 10, 15 different doctors or practitioners or whatever. And they're at their wits end right now. They're really broken down and frustrated. So it's natural for that belief system to kind of build up in their mind that, how is this gonna be different? Am I really gonna get better? I don't know if I can get better. I haven't gotten better with the other six, 10, 15 doctors. And so there's that mindset. Now they might jump on, they might be all in. They might be like, all right, I'm ready. Let's go, fix me, let's go. But if they're still thinking on a daily basis, but yeah, but nobody else has done it. Nobody else has helped me. 
I don't know what to do. And, then, and that belief system can block them from following our recommendations from something as simple as take your thyroid medicine twice a day. I've had patients that say that's too hard. I'm like an alarm on your phone, you know, grab it, set it, do it. <laughs> like, like that's too hard. Really? So there's something going on in there. If, if taking your thyroid medication that we finally got you on, that's really going to help your T3 level and help, you know, improve your everything is too hard to take twice a day. Why are you here? Then you're not ready to do anything. Then you're definitely not ready to meditate. You're not ready to do lifestyle changes. You're not ready to change your food. You're certainly not going to go for a walk. I mean, cause that's going to be too hard too. So it's a variety of different subconscious beliefs, but I would say the main one is I really don't think I can do it. I'm not going to get better. You know, an analogy came to my mind when you were talking about that, because I think that's very common because we've placed, you know, it's not in God we trust, it's in our medical system we trust. And so because we're putting our trust in there and we've been to five, 10, 20 doctors or, or our one doctor has checked our labs five, 10, 20 times and told us they're normal. We believe that we're broken and defective, but it's almost like if you're in New York and you're trying to get to San Francisco and you're using a skateboard and that skateboard doesn't get you there. And you're like, I got another skateboard and that one doesn't get you there. And I got another one and you've had 15 and you even tried a bike at one point and the bike didn't get you there. It's like saying I can never get to San Francisco, right? No, yeah. you can get to San Francisco. Just get on an airplane. <laughs> you just need the right vehicle. And I find that it's so demoralizing. Oh gosh, I get on my soapbox and I get so angry because we doctors are doing this to yeah. people and it's a travesty. And that's why you and I do what we do. Let's dive a little bit into Hashimoto's because that is a different category. 95% yep. of low thyroid Hashimoto's. You talked a little bit about the antibodies. What's different with that? diagnosis that needs to be addressed? You know, so for Hashimoto's, we know there's six stages of Hashimoto's. And once you hit those end stages, that stage five and six, you are more prone to other autoimmune conditions because we know autoimmune begets autoimmune. Where we see one, we see more than one, usually three. So catching Hashimoto's early enough and attacking it properly, so supporting the immune system. You know, a lot of people say, well, wait a minute. You just told me that my immune system is confused. Yeah, it is, but you still need proper amounts of vitamin D. We want to support and nurture your immune system so that it can do what it should be doing, not going out and attacking your thyroid. So one of those just basic support that D, C, vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, all those immune supporting nutrients are key. And then beyond that, we go back to the gluten-free because like I said, studies have shown, research has shown that gluten intake will spur on an autoimmune attack and raise antibodies. I've had patients that maybe they went on vacation or it was a holiday and they kind of went hog wild for a couple of weeks and ate whatever they wanted to. We will see it in their labs. Their antibodies will shoot up. Now, antibodies can fluctuate. You can't base your progress or where you are in your journey based on your antibodies. They can fluctuate. But we, we've seen them go from, you know, really, really low, like we almost got them at zero to sky high after eating gluten. So that's a component with Hashimoto's too. And then the other thing with Hashi is, well, with all hypothyroidism, we always want to find that perfect thyroid hormone replacement for you. So if you do have to go on medication, if you're in the stage of Hashimoto's 
where we can't just go the natural route. Some people, if we catch them early enough, we can do the lifestyle changes. We can do the supplemental support. We can do the immune system support. We can remove your gluten. We can de-stress you and we can halt Hashimoto's there. So your thyroid stops being destroyed basically by those little soldiers. We can absolutely do that in the beginning stages. But then as we progress and your thyroid gland literally gets destroyed because that's what's happening. And we can see it on an ultrasound. We can see that that thyroid gland change structure and it's literally being destroyed. Well, if it's destroyed down to half of a thyroid gland, you're not gonna be making the same amount of T3 and T4 anymore when it was it's fully beautiful functioning thyroid gland. So that's where I tell patients, listen, think of it as thyroid hormone replacement therapy. We're replacing hormones that are no longer there. And that's where we can use the perfect blend, whether it's NDT, whether it's T3, T4. Very rarely do I do T4 only, but because those people that do well on T4 only aren't coming to see you and me. So we have to find that perfect blend and then just use that for replacement, thyroid hormone replacement therapy, replacing hormones that are no longer being properly made by a gland that's being destroyed. So there's, and you know, with with Hashimoto's too, I always like to tell people, your body is a little bit worn out. You know how you feel at the end of the day, you're busy, you're running around, you're running a business, you're taking phone calls, you go to the grocery store, you pick up the kids, and then you sit down at night and you finally, like you sit down with that glass of wine, you're like, oh yeah, this is nice. And then somebody comes in the room and they're like, honey, um, can you get up and go do like 10 other, I need your help over here. And you're like, are you kidding me? So with Hashimoto's, it's even harder to convert T4 to T3. With Hashimoto patients, I really like to bring in that T3 component and really make sure that we are checking every box for that T4 to T3 conversion. So there's no interference because your body is freaking tired with Hashimoto's, it does not want to do one more thing like convert inactive T4 to T3. We got to help it all we can. We got to help it. We got to help it. So with Hashimoto patients, it's kind of just that one more step of close examination and checking all of those factors that can interfere with T4 to T3 conversion. Yes, so important. So I have loved talking with you and I love the work you're doing helping people. If you've heard something today that has really resonated with you, I invite you to reach out to Dr. Amy on her podcast, The Thyroid Fixer. She has a free gift for you that's a lab and symptom checklist. We will have the link in the show notes. Do you want to tell them a little bit about that? Yeah, so two things you get with this free guide. Number one, you get all the labs that we just talked about. So you have that list if you're going, wait, what Wait, what, what were those labs again that she said? You have that list of the labs to get, and then you also have the optimal values in there. So you can, if you're holding your lab work in your hand, you can check your results with wh what optimal is. So we have that in there. We also have a list of symptoms and some of them, I always tell people, this is a fun list to check off because some of them are the no brainers, the weight gain, the inability to lose weight, the hair loss, the mood changes, the constipation, but some of them are eye opening, such as joint pain, mm -hmm. frozen shoulder. I mean, mm -hmm. these things are, are you know, hives, uticaria, hives, higher allergic response a more histamine intolerant response. So it's really interesting to go through and see, oh my gosh, I do have this, this, and this, and I never even tied it back to my thyroid. And those things often improve when we optimize your thyroid. All right. 
So true. And, you know, we're so used to thinking about symptom drug, symptom drug. So if people have arthritis, they just think I need an NSAID or something like that or a steroid shot in my knee. And the truth is there are reasons why you have this. So we're talking about a root cause approach. So definitely go download Dr. Amy's lab and symptom checklist. We'll have the link in the show notes. Check out her podcast, The Thyroid Fixer. And thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Amy. It's really been wonderful having you to enlighten everyone about why their thyroid labs This has been great. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and send it to someone who would benefit from it. If you love the show and really want to support it, please go to iTunes, write a review and subscribe. This helps other women find us so that they too can heal and enjoy brilliant health. I've got a gift for you. If you take a screenshot of your review, post it on your social media and tag me, I'll send you a special surprise right to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember, healing and getting optimally healthy isn't magic, it's science.